What's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for joining me here for this Wednesday edition of Fantasy MLB Today. We're a sports ethos presentation, of course, and I'm your host, Joe Orico. You can find me on Twitter at JoeOrico99 and also at EthosFantasyBB. You're still getting these podcasts every single day. I've mentioned it a few different times now, but the writers are just taking the month of October off once we get into November. Going to start hitting you guys with that same content you guys have been used to all season long. It'll be a little bit different in the offseason, of course. We're not going to be talking about pickups of the day and two-star pitchers, but we're going to start looking back on 2023 as a whole and start looking ahead to 2024 as well. So make sure you guys are checking out EthosFantasyBB on Twitter and going to sportsethos.com if you guys have not done so already. Now, we are going to talk a little bit about the Phillies today. I don't think there's much to say at this point. Uh, we're, gonna, we're not going to spend too much time on that one. Uh, the Gold Glove finalists were also announced. Going to just quickly touch on that as well. And then we're going to talk about the Dodgers. The Dodgers have been announced. They are looking for some starting pitching. We're going to get into that later on. But let's talk about the Phillies. Uh, the Phillies are just ridiculous, man. Like, they won 10-0 yesterday, and... Yeah, I, I know that there is, like I've talked about, random variants. Are they going to win 10 nothing every game? No. But they seem to be uh, just beating the brakes off of everybody that they're facing. Two home runs from Schwarber, a home run from uh, Trey Turner yesterday, three RBI from JT Real Muto. They're just been incredible. There's, there's no other way to put it. The Phillies have been the, the class of the playoffs. They have been the absolute cream of the crop. Uh, they lost one game so far in these playoffs, and it was a one-run game that they lost to the Braves. They're just ridiculous. I don't know that anybody's going to beat them, but that will you know play into what I'm going to say here. I mentioned it yesterday, but I, I still believe that the Phillies are not going to win the World Series just because this kind of a hot streak does not usually sustain for the duration of an entire month, especially in the playoffs where there is so much volatility, there's so much randomness. There is extra pressure on the players and the managers and everybody else involved with the team. I don't know that they can keep this up for this long. Nola and Wheeler are giving them gems. They're giving them gems, you know, and there's nothing you can do about it at this point. Aaron Nola has given up two earned runs in the postseason. They were both in that start against the Braves on October 11th. He's gone seven innings, five and two-thirds, and then six innings yesterday. All of them have been great starts. It's hard to really do anything except to tip your cap. Aaron Nola has been great. Zach Wheeler has been better. <laughs> like Zach Wheeler has been just as good, maybe not better, uh, but pretty damn close in terms of strikeouts, in terms of stuff. Like he has been incredible. The two-headed monster you got over there. I don't know what the Diamondbacks or anybody else is going to do really, but I just think that based on the nature of baseball and based on the way that these playoffs have gone, I don't think the Phillies are actually going to pull away and win the World Series. Sometimes you see that happen. Sometimes you see a team that is just hot throughout the entire playoffs, but it doesn't really happen that often, certainly not every single year. Series to series, there is going to be variance. Let's say the Phillies do get by the Diamondbacks, and it looks like they're going to get by the Diamondbacks. I don't really have much of a doubt there. I think they'll lose in the World Series, realistically. But let's say they beat the Diamondbacks in four games, which is the way it's looking right now. They're going to have a little bit of a layoff. It might change the momentum a little bit. And maybe they won't have a layoff. Maybe the Rangers will sweep too, and maybe it'll be a quick American League Championship Series as well, and we'll get right to the World Series. I think that the Astros are going to claw back a little bit with the Rangers. At the very least, win a couple games, and I still, you know, my prediction right now would probably still be the Astros coming out on top. I might look very foolish in a few hours. Even by the time you guys are hearing this, as of the time I'm recording this, it is a 2-0 series lead for the Rangers. They're playing tonight, about four hours from when I am recording this. It wouldn't shock me if the Astros are able to come back and win the series still. I just think that there's a good chance 
that we see some kind of a layoff from the Phillies and that momentum that they currently have may not stay, uh, you know, going over round to round. Momentum from a lot of math people that I, I've seen talk about it, apparently it's not even a real thing. I don't know. I, I'm inclined to believe that momentum does exist, that if you are on a roll, if you have a 10-game hitting streak, I mean, you do see it come to end sometimes. You know, guys have a 10-game hitting streak and then they'll go over four the next game. And you see it on the opposite end of that spectrum as well. So it's not to say that it's, it's cut, in, cut in stone, right? Um, cut and dry that there are momentum streaks and that is something that actually happens in pro sports. I'm more on the side of believing that it is a thing. You have a good couple starts, you're probably going to have a good one after that. Not to say that it's anything in the numbers, but just human nature is. You got confidence, you got good momentum. It's going to happen. If you are getting down on yourself and you've had a couple bad starts in a row, the odds are the next one's not going to be that good. I think momentum is a real thing. If the Phillies do have to have some kind of layoff, maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe it does. We've seen these playoffs that layoffs are kind of a hot, hotly contested topic. If you're a Braves fan, you might have a different opinion on that than you would if you are you know, a Kansas City Royals fan. Um, there's, there's a big difference there based on how you're going to view it. But I don't think the whole, the whole point of this rambling here is for me to say that I don't think the Phillies are going to continue this hot streak and just roll through the World Series and you know win this series in four games and then win the next series in four games. I just don't see it really happening. Maybe it does. But I tend to think that we're going to see an American League team win the World Series this year. I think it's going to be the Rangers or the Astros. And I think it's probably going to be the Astros again, if I had to guess right now. Now that game comes tonight. We've talked about it quite a bit. Christian Javier and Max Scherzer. Max Scherzer is going to be making his first start in over a month. Christian Javier is going to be getting back out there. His last start was, like we talked about yesterday, good, but five walks. That was the big thing. Only one hit in five innings is very good. Nine strikeouts, also very good. But when you're walking five, it kind of takes away from that greatness of just one hit over five innings. So we'll have to see what happens tonight. I do think the Phillies are going to come back down to earth a little bit. Just the nature of baseball. I also wish that we had a way to judge teams in the playoffs, that was a little more true to the regular season. I've talked about the off day thing, and I don't know, my opinion has kind of changed a little bit on it. Like, I think that there's, you know, sometimes that you can have an off day in the postseason, but, you know, the Phillies, if they're just having Wheeler and Nola, and then they're throwing in Ranger Suarez in the bullpen day every third day, that's not really what baseball is, right? We're used to seeing four or five man rotations. Let's call it like it is five, six man rotations, really. And we're only seeing two or three starting pitchers get used in the playoffs. So you're seeing a huge advantage to those teams that do have those stud aces. I'd like to see it more balanced. I'd like to see there be a five-game playoff series played over five days. And then you get to see who is really the best team. Because five games in five days is something that is very commonplace. For It happens constantly throughout the season for every team. right? Every single week, teams are playing five, five consecutive days. So I'd like to see that be something that we see more so that you would have to go deeper into your rotation a little bit. Anyway, they're not going to do anything about that. They want to have the players rested, which I understand. But I think you can make the argument from both sides here that it's a good thing, but it's also maybe not the greatest thing, all this rest. And certainly a team that does not have the same kind of firepower at the top of their rotation like Arizona, Merrill Kelly's fine. He's had a couple of good seasons in a row, but he's nowhere near the same class as Wheeler, Nola, Gallon, Brandon Fox, not anywhere close to being a finished product yet. So I think that there's a huge advantage for teams like the Phillies who are just able to essentially go Nola and Wheeler and then Ranger Suarez, bullpen day, and then back to the top of the rotation. It's never going to change, but I kind of wish we just had, you know, every single day of playoffs. Um, but let's talk a little bit about these Gold Glove finalists. 
not going to get into it too, too much because there's not really so much for us to say. The thing that I, I had it pointed out, not to me directly, but it was pointed out on Twitter by Rob Silver, who's been on the show a few different times here. He's a co-host over on the Launch Angle podcast with Rob DiPietro and with Jeff Zimmerman. Why are they calling it finalists when the voting has already happened? They've already gone through the voting for Gold Glove. They have already they already know who the winner is. All of them. There is no like they've they've done the balloting, it's totally finished. They take the three people who were the top three vote getters and they make it look like they are the finalists that are now, you know, the pool has been narrowed down to these three, which is not the way that it actually works. I don't know why they do it. I think it's probably just to draw up the attention and the drama that they can have. If you're talking about, you know, the MLB network show that they're going to do or whatever, they can bring on the finalists onto the panel and they can talk with them and they can make a bit of a drama about it. I don't really understand the point of it though. I guess it's hard to look for an alternative though. Maybe they could just announce the winner and then you could just have, I don't know. You kind of need to narrow down the pool to some degree, but it also does feel disingenuous to just say, these are the finalists when we already know that one of them has won the award already. I I don't love the way that they have it structured. I'm also not 100% sure the best way that they could do it, but the way that they have it right now is definitely not my favorite. Now, probably the biggest surprise, not even probably, definitely the biggest surprise from the ballot is that Nolan Arenado was not even a nominee. Nolan Arenado has played 10 big league seasons. He has won a gold glove in every season that he has played. Yes, go to baseball reference, go wherever. I know there'll be some people who hear that, and I'm one of them when I first heard it today, because I knew that he had won, like I thought it had been like eight or nine, but I I actually wasn't aware that it had been every single year of his career dating back to his rookie season in Colorado. Even in 2014, when he missed 50 games, more than 50 games, He won a gold glove. He has been that excellent defensively every single year. His reign is going to come to an end, and it'll be taken over by the third-base finalists who are, uh, let's pull it up here, Austin Riley, Ryan McMahon, and Cabrian Hayes. It's kind of crazy that Nolan Arenado is not even a finalist. I'm just pulling up the defensive metrics right now, and they weren't as good as, as he has been in the past. His defensive run saved, which is usually, you know, in the teens, you know, 18, 22, 13, 17, 12, 13, 19. It was only one this season. One defensive run saved. His outs above average is also a little bit lower. It's usually about 10 to 20 kind of range. He's had 18, 10, 11, 22, only six in 2020, but that was a short year, so you can't really look at that much. 10, 14 in 21 and 22, and then only five this season. So five outs above average. One defensive run saved. You can't blame them for looking somewhere else, and you kind of got to pat them on the back a little bit because there's a lot of the times you see these finalists for awards, and especially for something like the Gold Glove, and you just like, see a Juan Soto nominated or something, and you're just like, what is this? What, what are they even doing? Uh, it's not really based in reality when you look at it from that perspective. But to see that Nolan Arenado is not in the group this year, kind of shocking at first, but when you look at the numbers – it is probably correct. Uh, if you're looking at the leaders for the teams that have the most nominees here, the Toronto Blue Jays and the Texas Rangers have the most nominees here, uh, five each, and then the Phillies and the Dodgers have four each in the National League. I don't, I don't put that much stock into it, into the gold gloves, because I'm really not sure exactly the process for it. I think that there should be a way of awarding it, and there are, there is an. A, an award. I think it's like the 
the, the defensive Bible award or something. It's called something like that, fielding Bible or something that does award statistically the best third baseman or second baseman, first baseman catcher in baseball. Why is that not the way that we have the most celebrated award given out? Why is it not? Why is it a subjective award if we are talking about something like defense that can be looked at pretty objectively and say, yeah, he saved this many runs. But I, I know outs above average and defensive runs saved are not literal. Like if your defensive run saved is three, it doesn't mean you saved three runs this year. It is a formula of some kind. That is for the mathematicians. And if you guys want to look it up, you can look it up. I'm not sure exactly what goes into the formula. But I think that they should be giving it away based on true merit as opposed to just, well, I think it's probably this guy. And, I mean, you can make that argument for a lot of different awards, but I think you can look at the numbers for third, not even third base. I keep going back to third base. The numbers for any defensive position, and you can kind of quantify it. Whereas offensively, you could say, well, this guy had 50 home runs, but this other guy hit 330, and there's like a disconnect there between what offensively is you know, good. If you're talking about a really good contact hitter versus a power hitter versus somebody who does a bit of both versus a speedy guy, it is a little bit more of a question where defense is the guy stopping the ball as he making the throws. I know I'm oversimplifying it. There's a lot more to it than that, but that's pretty much what it comes down to. Is the ball getting by this guy? Is he able to field his position cleanly? Is the ball bobbling around? Is he throwing the ball to first? Whatever we can quantify it a little bit easier with the metrics. And I think that we should, and again, no one's going to listen to me on this, but we should, as the years go by, probably award all of these awards based on something that's a little bit more statistical. And I don't know that we're ever going to get there with some of them. MVP, Silver Slugger, Cy Young are ones that are going to be really hard. But I think gold gloves are something that we can give out based off of what a computer is shooting out at us. And I know that it sounds horrible, and it sounded horrible to say because that's not how I usually like to do things. Especially, you know, you guys have heard my rants. I'm, I'm not going to go on them again, uh, my rants about specifically the Blue Jays. But I do think that, that we could do a little bit better with the way that gold gloves in general are awarded. The last thing we're going to talk about today is a report that came out last night that the Dodgers are going to be shopping for pitching. It doesn't surprise me after the way that their first round turned out. But they are going to get a little bit of help back next year. And they're going to get a little help just based on their young guys getting a little bit older, a little bit more experienced. So first of all, Walker Bueller is going to be back. He's had two Tommy John surgeries, so I'm not sure exactly how the projections are going to look for Walker Bueller. It's going to be tricky to pull them up, even just you know myself doing projections. I'm really not sure what I'm going to have Walker Bueller projected for. We'll have to see. But they've also got Bobby Miller, who there's been some lofty, lofty projections and rankings of him uh, in the early going here. Ryan Pepiot. Pepio, Pepiot. I'm actually, I've heard it both ways. I'm not 100% sure how it is. Emmett Sheehan, Gavin Stone. Like, they have a pretty deep bench of pitchers there that are just coming up. Now, Tony Gonsolin is going to miss all of next year. Um, and I think Lance Lynn is a free agent. I believe that Lance Lynn is a free agent. But the big question mark, I think, is Shohei. Shohei is somebody that they will want to sign but he won't be a pitcher for next year so I'm not sure if the Dodgers are going to go out and they're going to try and go for an Aaron Nola or a Corbin Burns because I think they are going to get Shohei I think that that is that ship is pretty much sailed it's not it's leaving the dock anyway it's not fully out to sailing in the sea yet but they're pulling up the anchor and we're pretty much ready to say that Shohei is going to be a Dodger some people might be listening and Mariners fans Braves fans whoever and think it's crazy I just think he's going to the Dodgers don't shoot me. If I'm wrong, then I'm wrong, and I might be. But all signs point to him going to the Dodgers. They're going to have to lock in Otani for a hell of a lot of money. The price tag probably went down a little bit because of the injury at the end of the season. 
it's still not going to be anything that is considered cheap. It's going to be hundreds of millions of dollars. Are they going to want to lock in another pitcher like Anola, like a Burns, like one of the Japanese guys, Yamamoto, and there's the other guy, um, Shoto Imanaga, I believe his name is. And there's a couple other guys. Like, are they going to want to shell out money for multiple pitchers? I know Otani is not just a pitcher, but I don't think the Dodgers are the team that we might view them as to the degree we view them as. They let Trey Turner walk. They let Corey Seager walk. Cody Bellinger, a bit of a different story. They let him walk. They're not a team that's just going to open up the purse strings to a crazy degree. So I don't know. Like, they're saying they're going to pursue pitching. Maybe they go after a middle-level kind of guy. I, I'm not looking at a list of free agents pitchers right now, but there's probably somebody who's like you know a, a mid-range kind of guy they're going to go for. I don't see them making that huge free agent splash unless they maybe you know go for Otani and then Otani with the whatever whatever relationship he might have with Yamamoto. I honestly don't know if Otani has great relationships with the other Japanese players or not. I have no idea one way or the other. But maybe they are able to persuade him to come over. His price tag, Yamamoto, would probably be less than what you're seeing for Corbin Burns and Aaron Nola. I know Burns has one year left, but he is considered a pretty hot trade candidate. Not a team that has shown him a lot of respect, the Milwaukee Brewers. So I think it's pretty safe to say that he is happy to get out of there. I think he'd probably command more money based on the fact that he's a Cy Young winner and Aaron Nola, based on his long track record, than Yamamoto. Yamamoto might be more inclined to come because of Otani, too. So... I don't see them going out and making a big, big splash in free agency. I could be wrong. If they do make a splash, I feel like it will be Yamamoto. Yamamoto slash Otani, or both of them, really, not slash, both of them. That would be my prediction as of now. And again, it's very early, but I just I just can't see them opening up the purse strings that much. They have let incredible players walk over the last couple of seasons. And I'm not sure that they are going to spend as much as we might think they are. They might be kind of, you know, similar to the Yankees at this point, where we still view the Yankees as the Bronx Bombers, the big bad Yankees. The Yankees don't really spend money like they used to. And the Dodgers, while they still spend money, it's not to the same extent where they're like doubling the rest of the league payroll. Uh, They're more conservative front office than we might want to admit. And I don't know that aside, like Otani is a big fish for them, a big piece for them that I think that they have been kind of planning on. And that's why probably they didn't make a huge attempt for Turner or for Seager because they foresaw this day coming. But I also can't see them just going out and spending a billion dollars. I just don't see that happening. Let me know what you guys think over on Twitter at JoeRico99. That's J-O-E-O-R-R-I-C-O-99. You guys can also find me at Ethos Fantasy BB. That's where we post all of our podcasts, articles, news and notes, and everything else we got on the baseball side. And, of course, if you're not on social media, sportsethos.com is the place. Guys, that'll do it. We'll be back again tomorrow. But until then, take care, have a great night, and cheers. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.